0: In the Tractate of Pesachim, we learn a debate among the scholars regarding how to determine Pesach Sheini, and that the determination of Pesach Sheini is encapsulated in three opinions. Rabbi says, that Pesach Sheni is an independent festival. Rabbi Nosson teaches that it serves as an opportunity to offer a replacement sacrifice for the first Pesach, but it isn't a correction for something. Rabbi Hanania ben Akavya teaches that Pesach Sheni serves to repair a wrongdoing of Pesach as these impact Jewish law the significance of these differences between these opinion are as explained at length in the responsa of the son of the Rambam Birchas Avraham in the first possibility Pesach Sheni as an independent holiday is not dependent on the holiday of Pesach itself rather it's an obligation just like all other festivals are an obligation and therefore it's incumbent on a new convert who converts between Pesach and Pesach Sheini, or a young person who becomes Bar or Bas Mitzvah, and obligated in mitzvah performance between Pesach and Pesach Sheini to observe this festival of Pesach Sheini and to bring the Paschal sacrifice, versus the opinion that it is an opportunity to bring a replacement sacrifice, or the opinion that it repairs the wrongdoing of Pesach, which would both then make Pesach Sheni an obligation dependent on the obligation of Pesach proper, or the first Pesach, and one who wasn't obligated to observe Pesach proper would then have no obligation to observe Pesach Sheni. Bringing a replacement sacrifice would mean that one who had intentionally neglected the mitzvah of the paschal sacrifice when he was obligated to bring the karbon on Pesach proper, on the first Pesach, despite being guilty of the transgression deserving of karis, being cut off spiritually from his people, the Torah is giving him an opportunity for a replacement to this, by bringing the sacrifice on Pesach Sheni, and he would then be exempt from Kores. However, if one neglected, even without intention to bring the sacrifice, Pesach Sheni, in other words, he neglected to bring the replacement sacrifice the second time, Kores remains in place, because he intentionally neglected the commandment on Pesach proper, and no replacement sacrifice was brought subsequently. Repairing the wrong of the first Pesach would mean that if one intentionally did not bring the carbon in the first Pesach, in other words, there was a conscious choice around this decision, the Torah has, from the outset, created a latter opportunity to do so on Pesach Sheini, this would then mean that in the first Pesach and Pesach proper, there is a clause to extend this opportunity to Pesach shaini And so, as long as this period of time is an extension, an individual is not deserving of kares. If then on Pesach shaini he unintentionally neglects bringing the carbon, he is not deserving of kares for this oversight because in this extended time allotted to him to bring the sacrifice, he was not intentionally disregarding the mitzvah, it was unintentional. When we look to the Sefer HaMitzvahs of the Rambam, in the Rambam's opinion, the Rambam counts Pesach Sheni as an independent mitzvah and explains that the halacha is indeed, as Rabbi teaches it, a festival on its own. Which is difficult to understand, as in Rebbe's opinion as well. While he says that Pesach Sheni is an independent yom tif, so that if one didn't have to bring a carbon in the first Pesach, and he now has the obligation to bring it in Pesach Sheni, he must do so. If one did bring the carbon in, Pes- the, in on the first Pesach, he may not bring another carbon on Pesach Sheni. and that would make them one and the same mitzvah, the mitzvah of bringing a carbon Pesach on Pesach. How is this then counted as an independent mitzvah? We are forced then to say that though the first Pesach and Pesach Sheni are connected, nevertheless they are in fact in essence two different things and are therefore counted distinctly as two mitzvahs. Of course, to understand this, we need to first understand the general difference between the first Pesach and Pesach Sheini. Of the differences that exist, we learn in the tractate of Pesachim that on Pesach proper, the first Pesach, one may not have or see chametz, but on Pesach Sheini, both chametz and matzah are eaten together and are both in one's home. And on the first Pesach, we have the mitzvah of the festival and consuming the carbon Pesach, which extends with a mitzvah of eating matzah for the seven-day period of time. Yet on Pesach Sheni, we just eat matzah that one day. These two differences actually result from the essential conceptual difference in Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni. What is this essential difference? The simple difference between Pesach Rishon, the first Pesach, and Pesach Sheini is in the manner in which the Paschal sacrifice is brought. On the first Pesach, sacrifice must be brought in the order prescribed in Torah, as it was the first time that we brought the sacrifice, determined and brought in a specific time. But the obligation on Pesach Sheini is not time-dependent or time-determined in the same way. To those who did not bring the carbon Pesach in the correct time, for whatever reason, we don't say that you missed your opportunity because the day of the first Pesach passed. Rather, the Torah makes it possible for them to bring the carbon at a later time. As the Alter rebbe teaches and is quoted in the Haye Yom of Pesach Sheini on Yodalit Iyar, the primary concept of Pesach Sheini is that there's never a lost opportunity or a lost chance there's always a chance to repair. Even if one was impure and therefore could not fulfill the mitzvah or was a distance away from the temple and therefore missed the opportunity to bring the carbon. even if it was a person's own choice to miss that opportunity, there is always the possibility of repairing missed chances. This is, of course, like the experience of a bal Shiva. A tzaddik is engaged in serving God in the correct way, as God intended for men to do, according to the teachings of Torah. Yet Hashem gives the Baal Tshuva, who lived contrary to Torah law, the possibility of repairing the past and making up for what's missing. We see this pattern in the differences in the situation the nation was in, Pesach Rishon versus Pesach Sheni, the first time in the desert after leaving Egypt. The prophet Yecheskel describes that first Pesach, referring to our nation as newborns, free of sin, and with the two new mitzvahs that we had been given of Mila, circumcision, and carbon Pesach, the Paschal sacrifices. These were our merits, the blood of circumcision and the blood of the Paschal sacrifice. Our spiritual status was like the completely righteous, much like a new convert even, who according to Jewish law is like a newborn, free of sin, and to whom we say, Yishalem Hashem pa'olcha, utihi alasher tachas knafav. may Hashem repay your deeds with abundance, as Boaz said to Ruth, for bringing your lot in with a lot of our mothers, Sararifka, Rachel, and Leah. Pesach Sheini was, on the other hand, the result of the impurity, that those who had become impure by being exposed to death and were involved in the burial of the dead, death being a product of the primordial sin, the origin of all sins, who then came to Moshe and Aaron and said, we were made impure by contact with death, but why should we miss out on this mitzvah as all other Jews have performed it. This was very much like tshuva. They stated what their spiritual status was and wanted to correct the defect, to bring the sacrifice, not only to bring it, but on the festive day among the people of their nation. Hence, Hashem commands us to celebrate Pesach Sheini only after those who had become defiled came forward and asked why they should be left out of this mitzvah. Because tshuva occurs after an individual awakening. True, the person may be defiled by contact with death itself, impure, yet he is awakened from within himself to return. Now this gives us insight into and an answer for a question that arises when we look at the events in Torah. Those who were impure were impure right up to the day of Pesach. So the bringing of a makeup sacrifice should have happened within the next seven days of the festival or on the festival, like an additional festival sacrifice, and not a whole month later, as though this is a whole new entity of festival. But we're talking about the experience of tshuva as Hasidus explains it, so it's not only about making up for what's missing, but Shuvah is an actual divine service and a self-standing experience, hence the month between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni. Now, while the service of a tzaddik is a straight and proper way according to Torah, its reach is limited versus the impact of the Aveda, the service of a Baal Tshuva. Tzaddik. A tzaddik's service impacts levels of holiness and permissible objects. But the objects have fallen to the category of mitzvah haba, ba like when one performs a mitzvah with an object which is in itself not okay, like fulfilling the mitzvah of lulav on a stolen lulav. These are levels that the straight service of a tzaddik cannot reach. As the Torah says, these are things that must be distanced. But the service of tshuva, and specifically tshuva from love, transforms even these things to merits. The power of tshuva is such that it draws from a source that transcends the order of descending divine revelation, Seder Hishtal In the order of Torah, the set order of descent, a sin cannot be transformed to a merit. There's a quote in the Al-Kachim Tehillim which essentially says, wisdom, prophecy, and Torah were asked, what is the status of a sinner? And all responded, he cannot return in repentance. But when God was asked, God who transcends the contracted and descending order of revelation, God answered, let him do tshuva and he will be forgiven. Only at this level, where darkness isn't the absence of light, evil can be transformed to good. Based on this, the complaint, why should we suffer and miss out because we were impure, can be well understood. Why should there even be that possibility? Particularly according to the message Chassidus brings, as the previous Rebbe, the Rebbe's father-in-law taught, the lesson learned from Pesach Sheini is that nothing is ever lost. The question should be, why would that, possible, why would that possibility really ever exist? But it does exist because Torah itself calls for a different order of life. And tshuva cannot transform a sin to a merit. A sin means a lost opportunity for mitzvah or a merit. But when the Jew is awakened to return in repentance, saying, why should we lose out? Their words traveled until Moshe turned to God with the question, and their words came before God, beyond order of divine revelation, to the point and core of tshuva, where nothing is ever lost, and there is always the concept of pesacheni. In fact, all of this is revealed in teira itself, because despite the fact that teira on its own is exists within the category of seder Hishtalshalas, the order of descending godliness, revealed godliness. Nevertheless, the teira and God are one. And everything, everything that happens and everything that is transcends Yishtar transcends this descending order of revelation, is revealed through Teira 2. This is the explanation for the differences mentioned previously between Pesach Rishen and Pesach Sheni. In the first Pesach, the experience of the divine service of the righteous, of Sadikim. In this divine service, there is no involvement with evil. Evil is pushed away, and so tzachamitz, which represents ego, cannot be seen or owned. And the festival is celebrated for a full seven days, for the service of the tzaddik is orderly and has levels, expressed in the evolutionary order of descent of seven days, reflected in this the seven middas and all forms of seven representative of limitation and order. But Pesach Sheini, the service of Tshuva, that overturns sin and transforms it to merit, can purify chametz too. Hence, our Pesach on Pesach Sheini, chametz and Matzah are found together in one's home. As Tshuva is beyond limitation, one day is all that's needed, pointing to a level beyond limitation. One day represents, as the Alta Rebbe teaches in Torah, one day, like one day of Shavuos, which represents the sphere of Keser, higher than and transcending all division, all separation, and all limitation, a total state of divine oneness. The Gemara relates the story of the repentance of Rebbe ben Durdaya, who cried until his soul left his body, And Rebbe heard this and said, There are those who acquire their share in the world to come after many years of effort and toil, and there is one who acquires his share in the world to come in one moment. This refers to the service of the tzaddik, orderly and an effort of time and years, in a manner... Of segmentation. That is Kaina Ilamay Bekama Shonim. But Rabbi ben Derdaya, who was a sinner, repented with his head bent between his knees, and he wept and wailed, and he thereby acquired the world to come in a moment. The Zayer says Chuva is Beshaita Choda, the work of one moment of true repentance. The difference of Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheini as depicting the service of Sadikim and balei is also expressed in the fact that the first Pesach took place in the month of Nisan and Pesach Sheini in the month of Iyar. The difference between the first month Nisan and the second month Iyar is known for the fact that Nisan points to the Divine Revelation that comes from above and descends below and doesn't, as such, bring lasting refinement to this lower domain. It's only a temporary opportunity for evil to be pushed aside. This is like the work of the righteous, who busy themselves with the light, increasing light and pushing away evil. is is of the nature of an elevation that begins below, a refinement that happens in this world and elevates the lower domain. Hence, most of Sfirah takes place in ER as we work on refining our midris, our attributes. This service is like the service of tshuva, where the lowliest things are refined until they are transformed to good. Accordingly, considering that Pesach Sheini is the service of tshuva, we can understand the deeper intention of the three possibilities discussed earlier, in terms of what is Pesach Sheini, the three opinions, and all three are truth and words of the living God. All three opinions, in fact, exist in the Tshuva experience. The repair of Tshuva, the fact that even as a person sins, there is the possibility of repair through Tshuva, built into Pesach Rishon is the opportunity to extend and repair until Pesach Sheini. And this is for just your average sins. Within that moment of sin lies the possibility to repair through Tshuva. The opportunity to make up for a missed opportunity in Shuvah, when one sins with a thought of I'll sin now, but repent later for this sin, that Shuvah opportunity is not given to him at the moment of his sin. In fact, it's because he thinks he can do Shuvah that he allows himself to sin. And yet, later on, if he regrets his actions, distances himself from sin, and repents, once tshuva is accepted. And then the opinion that Pesach Sheini is an independent yomtiv is representative of the tshuva of tzaddikim, of righteous people. Of course, tshuva isn't only for misdeeds, as is the common misunderstanding. Tshuva is a path in serving God, a path for those who are free of sin as well. As we are taught, Mashiach comes to bring the righteous back in tshuva. And while Pesach Sheni is an opportunity for tshuva from sin, from a state of impurity, nevertheless, all the paths of tshuva are fulfilled in Pesach Sheni, including the path of the tshuva of the righteous. Accordingly, in the path of tshuva that repairs, we can better understand the halacha that even a rasha who sins should be involved in the study of Terah and mitzvahs, for when he returns and when he does tshuva, the Torah he studied, which at the time gave energy to Klipa, now in the state of Tshuva is rested away and out of Klipa, because even then when he sinned, the possibility of repair through Tshuva existed, and it's the Torah that in fact gives him this opportunity and possibility to repair in repentance. Indeed, this halacha, to learn Torah even if one does evil, is relevant to, to any level of Russia, even to one who intentionally sins, saying he'll just do tshuva, who therefore, at the moment of his sinning, doesn't have the opportunity for tshuva. He too must study Torah, because his study has no connection to his sin. Even if he studies in order to strengthen klipa, ultimately he will return. In this type of situation, there is a difference, though, and that is because one isn't given the opportunity for teshuva at the moment of sin. In this case, one depends on the fact that we are promised in Novi that yidach, mi no one Jew banished from God for his sins will remain banished, and he will repent either in this lifetime or another this is different with other situations, the case of regular sin, without this calculation of I will sin and then do tshuva. In these situations, one doesn't de- ne- depend on la yidach mimenu Nidakh, for one is not, in other cases, banished. One is just distant. And the possibility for repair and tshuva exists in the moment of sin, like the repair of Pesach sheni. This concept that Pesach Sheni inculcates all levels of tshuva, including the tshuva of the righteous, Pesach Rishon is the same. All experiences of Avedas tzaddikim, the unique service of a tzaddik, are all included in the experience of Pesach Rishon, including the tshuva of tzaddikim. Hence, while future redemption will take place in Nisan, the month that represents the service of tzaddikim, reflects as well the service of repentance. In fact, the Passover in Egypt, which began with the commandment of Moshe to the elders, Mishchu ukhulachem lacham draw forth and take sheep to slaughter for the sacrifice, is understood in the Mechilta as an instruction to, Mishchu, draw your hands from idol worship, which was the experience of repentance even though those newly circumcised before leaving Egypt were like new converts, and even though the word following the instruction to tshuva and connected to the word for tshuva, connected with a vav hachibur, a connecting vav, was vayikhu and take the sheep, which was also instruction for those who had no connection to idol worship and thus no need for instruction to repent for a sin, yet the instruction is there. And this then is a reference to tshuva's Sadikim, who live among those who do serve idols and need to be warned to draw their hands away from idol worship. Having discussed all of these ideas, we understand now why the Rambam counted Pesach Sheni as an independent mitzvah, even though one who did bring the paschal sacrifice on Pesach Rishon could not do so a second time. Granted, Pesach Rishin and Pesach Sheni are two different types of service, Pesach Rishon, the divine service of tzaddikim, and Pesach Sheni, the work of tshuva, of ba'ale tshuva, yet, the bringing of the sacrifice is not required on Pesach Sheini if brought on Pesach Rishen, because Pesach Rishen, the first Pesach, inculcates the repentance of tzaddikim, incorporating the theme of Pesach Sheini, the theme of Chuva. And granted, Pesach Rishen, the Avedah of tzaddikim, has the component of Chuva, but it's Chuva of the righteous, which means that it lacks the component of tshuva of Pesach Sheini, which is repentance for sin, the experience of repair and replacing. Thus, Pesach Sheini has all the components of tshuva, including the tshuva of tzaddikim. This is expressed in two ideas. The thirst of a Baal tshuva flows from the fact that ad heina hoisa nachshay v'eratsiyah but Zalmoves, he, Sitra Achra, until now his soul was in a dry and barren land, which is the Sitra Achra, the opposite of holiness. And so he thirsts deeply, even more deeply than a tzaddik, for whom this, this thirst does not exist. As well, tshuva for a sin transcends seder hishtalshlus and can transform sins to merits. But a tzaddik's tshuva doesn't have this power which is why Pesach Sheini is only one single day, and Pesach Rishon, seven days. Though Pesach Rishon inculcates the idea of tshuva, it is a tshuva sadikim, limited, and limited even in the order of avayda sadikim, limited even in the b'chol ma'idcha, the service of with all one's might, the service of Nesirah's Nefesh, as we see clearly that the repentance of Rebbe Lozar caused Rabbi to weep, an expression that transcends limitation, but even with Rabbi's weeping, he could not achieve acquiring Olam Haba in an instant, a transcendent experience. It was particularly Pesach Sheni, the tshuva for a sin, the transformation of sin to merit, that brought, brings one to a point beyond limitation and segmentation in one moment. Like the tshuva of Rabbi Lozar ben Dodaya, tshuva for a sin, this is what makes kena ulamei b'shoa achas, the acquiring the world to come in an instant a reality.